it's Chris Urban. Welcome to the Triple Clicks Video Game Marketing Podcast. I had a chance to catch up with an old friend, Albie Rosario, who's the VP of Business Development at Stance. Albie's been in the epicenter of street culture, having spent over a decade helping grow the LRG brand, spending time working with Ben and Bobby at the hundreds before his move to Stance. We had a fun conversation about being on the ground floor of a brand like LRG, what he learned from his time at the hundreds, and the explosive growth and trajectory of Stance. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Albert Rosario Jr. Albie. Hey. What's up, man? Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. I normally record this in person so we can kind of hang out and chill, but obviously with the current state of the world, uh, we are in remote locations. So I'm going to pull an old picture of us to throw up. Um, so it'll be kind of fun, but uh, it's good to connect. We've been friends for, I want to say, 15 years for a long time, way back in the day. Uh, Albie has been kind of working in the epicenter of culture in collaborations for a long time. Uh, LRG back in the day, the hundreds, and now he is the VP of his dev for Stance. Um, so we're all wearing Stance socks now. Uh, he's a big part of what they're building out. So. Wanted to jump in and talk about like the older days. And like we first got connected, I think Brent Coyle is the one that put us together a long time ago. We used to do a bunch of stuff with Mike Bibby. Uh, and he had uh, Brent refers to him as a big goofy Russian guy, my kid that we were friends with. And I think we all got connected that way. Uh, is that the, am I telling it the right way? I think we, we all got started. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when you had mentioned that, that's definitely how we got connected. You know, to this day, I still talk to my kid, and every time I, I go to New York, he he makes his way from Far Rockaway to come see me. And uh, yeah, definitely, Mike has helped uh, connect me with a lot of people out there in uh, in this industry for sure. Well, well, we've all we've all been friends for a while. So you, I think we started working together at LRG uh, when I was at Madden. I think we were doing some 20th anniversary stuff. You were at LRG for 13 years, and we had done a lot of together tell me a little bit about what did you do at lrg and and what was the uh, what was going on with culture and the energy around that place yeah so i i started with lrg um as a as a fan of the brand uh going to school in uh san diego state and uh basically uh one day i was walking at a trade show in las vegas which we all know called the magic show and i had an lrg shirt on and a guy stops me in the middle of the hallway he goes hey where'd you get that shirt I said, oh, I got it at Street Machine in, in, in downtown San Diego. And he, and he goes, oh, that's my company. I was like, oh, I love your company. So he invited me over to his booth, and I met a, a very small crew, uh, like four to four people um, at the time. And that was their first trade show. Um, and he's like, uh, would you be willing to make noise for us uh, in the city of San Diego? And I was like, uh, hell yeah. He's like, and I'll, in return, I'll give you free product to wear. So, you know, uh, in college, you know, you're, you're hustling always to, you know, just kind of, uh, figure, you know, how to, how to make your next dollar and, you know, get to class and, and do your thing. So yeah, I started doing street team guerrilla marketing stuff, uh, for LRG way back in the day when I was in school. And then, uh, slowly, you know, they started seeing a lot of return. A lot of people in uh, San Diego, you know, started to notice the brand really helped out with a lot of their wholesale accounts. 
Uh, so then, uh, you know, they're like, why don't we make like a, a national street team? So, uh, myself, um, and, uh, and one person that I met, uh, at that same time was a gentleman named Kevin Delaney. Um, <laughs> I definitely had some LRG stickers in my, uh, in my back back. And he's like, Hey, just didn't know this guy. Where'd you get those stickers? I was like, Oh, I do street team for this, this company he goes, Oh, I do street team for, for this media company called the fader. And I was like, Oh, I know the fader They're uh, it, it, at that time. They had like two issues out. They're like, I'm like, they're an amazing, uh, magazine. Uh, definitely, you know, hitting on what was happening within, uh, the culture and music at that time. So he's like, uh, literally comes over to my house that afternoon, dumps o- over a bunch of faders. I give him some LRG stickers and a couple shirts, and I bring him with me to the LRG headquarters at that time in, uh, in San Diego. And he's like, Hey, you know, uh, we, we meet with, uh, Jonas, the guy who stopped me at magic. And he's like, let's, let's build a national team here. So, you know, Kevin and I would go out every Friday, drive from San Diego to Santa Ana and put together a bunch of boxes. We met a lot of people, different like folks within DJ. And then at that time, you know, folks on Nike talk that were in the sneaker community that we felt were like, you know, could make a lot of noise or they were a club promoter at the time or, you know, promoting for this record label because guerrilla marketing at that point was, was massive, you know, just hitting people when they were leaving the clubs, leaving concerts, uh, you know, art shows, things like that. So we put together a pretty amazing, uh, team all over, uh, the U S and, uh, I still talk to a lot of those folks to this day. And, uh, and so anyways, we're doing street team at LRG. And, uh, by the time we're graduating, uh, nine 11 kind of happens. And, uh, you know, the economy tanks, uh, and nobody is really hiring, you know, anybody with, you know, no experience coming out of college really. Um, so, you know, luckily for us, Jonas was a visionary. He, he, he brought us in and said, Hey, would you guys want to work for minimum wage and grow this business? So I think, you know, Kevin and I were like the sixth, seventh employee there and we're like, hell yeah, let's do it. So we, uh, we both moved back. To Orange County um, and start this project for this uh, this clothing brand, and it was a great clothing brand because like we were both really passionate about like who they were targeting, which was like you know urban hip hop, underground hip hop, skateboarding, art uh, at the time, and uh, and we just you know started to work our angles within marketing, in store merchandising, you know just uh, kind of using our talents, and, uh, and and the company really started to get some momentum out there. And, uh, you know, we continue to grow and grow and, um, yeah, man, I mean, uh, you know, I remember celebrating when we made a hundred grand at a Del Taco in Santa Ana, like that was Jonas taking us out to get to that point. We, we definitely spent a lot of good time there and, you know, I'll, uh, I'll stop there. And if you want to talk more about that, you know, I got a lot of great stories. Yeah. When we, I was at that time, I was in Orlando working for the EA sports and we could just feel the energy of, of what LRG was bringing. I, I had a ton of uh, swag that you guys had sent to us and that we were trying to do some collabs. So it was just interesting to be on the early phases of watching. You know, we had seen a lot of stuff kind of coming out of culture um, and in all those brands that were popping up. But it was it was fun to see someone fresh and new showing up on the scene and really kind of having an impact at the time, um, which is today it's so different. You know, you see Virgil and everybody talking about street culture and, and everybody's involved and Supreme's dropping this and that. It's just, you know, 15 years ago, it just wasn't 
it, you know, it was more street. It was starting to cross over a little bit, but it just wasn't to the level it is now. So it was fun to kind of see a brand coming up at that time and, and make kind of an impact. And it was a small crew of people that were really building it out. Yeah, it really was, man. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, we had a great crew, you know, we weren't polished, uh, individuals like, you know, in a professional work environment for, you know, but we, we definitely had a lot of passion first and foremost to make it happen. Uh, we were into what the brand really stood for. Um, and, uh, and man, we had a, we had a lot of fun growing that brand, uh, you know, at one point to like, it's on Google somewhere, you know, Wikipedia, I think we got to like 125, 130 more around there, million dollars, uh, you know, at the height, um, of our brand. But, uh, but yeah, man, what a, what an amazing report yeah, from the hundred thousand dollars celebration at the Del Taco in Santa Ana to $125 million. It's obviously, um, crazy growth. Well, you guys were just out of college learning the ropes of how to, I mean, you guys know how to hustle, right? Like that's just a natural thing, but how to hustle a brand. I'm sure you know, you're now the VP of this dev for a massive company that's doing a lot of stuff in culture. What did you, what did you take away? What did you learn um, from just kind of getting that opportunity of taking a new brand and being in charge of kind of driving that in the streets? Is, is there, was there a, a moments or were there things that you took away from that that you still apply now? Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to sound cliche because you hear it a lot. You know, there's a lot of like social media business platforms, but I think first and foremost is the passion. You know, uh, I, I really just enjoy what I'm doing. I, I've been, you know, doing this for 20 years plus, And, uh, I just, I've not really ever felt like I've been to work. So that, that has really helped like just the drive of like, you know, it, 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 the work doesn't stop for me on a, on a Friday or at five, like I'm, I'm two, four, seven and kind of always have been because it's something that I've wanted to do. Um, I've learned a lot of, about, you know, definitely sways of business, um, you know, uh, what to do, what not to do. Um, you know, from, from an apparel point of view, I, I, I would say, but, um, you know, always lessons learned every day, you know, as, as things change, like some of the current times we're in now, but, uh, but yeah, first and foremost is definitely the passion. Uh, you know, if, if you have that, and if you're, if, if you want to do, whether you're paid for it or not, you know, to do something, it, it, it feels good. And, and, you know, you, you have a better shot of succeeding. I know. I agree. And I know you do work 24 seven because you sent me approvals for some socks are working on at like 1130 on a Tuesday and uh, I'm responding. So we are, we are two of the people that are still crushing late at night or uh, gaming or watching TV, which is funny. So you spent 13 years there, did amazing things. And then you went to the hundreds uh, and worked with Bobby and the crew over there. What was, what was that experience like? Yeah. So, you know, um, LRG, uh, really went, was really positioned at its later time when, when I was there as, as more of an urban brand, you know, we were at the time in a lot of the, the big chains like DTLR, Jimmy jazz, um, up against the wall. Um, you know, we did have some zoomies. We did have some skate crossover, but we had a lot of like big box type of accounts. Um, and so, you know, that was sort of the world that I lived in. Uh, and when I exited LRG, um, you know, I, I didn't have, you know, an idea of what I wanted to do. Um, at the time I kind of was like in talks with, uh, Scott Terpstra over at Stussy and then also got introduced to, uh, Ben hundreds, uh, from Aaron Levant. 
and Aaron Levant is, uh, you know, now CEO of, of the network. And he and I, uh, you know, had a friendship and he's like, you know, let me help you out. I know the hundreds is looking for a marketing director and I think you would be a good fit there. And obviously I knew who the hundreds was. Um, you know, they were definitely disrupting a lot of LRG's business at the time because of, uh, you know, the Southern California Fairfax movement that was happening at that time with brands like themselves and the Crooks and Castles. So, um, so I met with, uh, I met with Bobby and Ben a couple of times in a room, uh, and I got some really great co-signs from some friends and I want to get into relationships as, as being a, a cornerstone of any business as well in just a bit. But, uh, there was a gentleman named Izzy who was kind of like a business advisor to Bobby and Ben, um, that I knew cause he owned several up against the wall chain doors all over the nation, mainly the East coast. And, you know, Ben, Ben is, uh, well, let, let me first say Bobby and Ben are, uh, very smart, amazing people, very educated, but they're great marketing leads. Like they, they, they're great marketing heads. They know what is really happening and how to kind of navigate uh, through the culture. Um, so, yeah, this guy is, he just gave me a great cosign. He says, this is the dude, of course, Aaron, you know, having at that time, he was the head of agenda, giving me a cosign, like this is the dude. And then uh, my, my boy, Ben Baller called, uh, Ben called him and he's like, Hey, you know, this guy, Albie, cause Ben and Jonas at LRG were very tight for some time. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Albie. Uh, is the guy. So I think those relationships really help, you know, get me in the door. Cause you know, at that, at that point, who wouldn't want to do marketing for the hundreds? I mean, the brand was, was doing really, really well. Uh, Bobby, you know, was definitely like a face out there within streetwear culture. And so was Ben. Um, so yeah, so I got to work over at the hundreds in Vernon, California and, and started there. I did, um, how did they go? So the first thing uh, I had to really like strap in and like, I, I, it really, I knew about streetwear, but they really like put me in the trenches of what was really happening with streetwear. Uh, you know, being at LRG again, being more urban and skate kind of focused at that point. Uh, we knew, you know, some, some streetwear brands at the time, like, you know, of course, Stussy and, you know, at that time, Staple was more streetwear. There were brands, but they were really like, Hey, you know, do you know about like dub taps? Do you know about plot? Do you know about neighborhood Japan? Uh, and introducing me to those people, uh, at those brands and this whole other layer of streetwear that was the more core, more defined, um, you know, a definitely higher price point and more, and more looked at as, as a luxury brand kind of spawns of where we're at today. The cultures were separated, right? Like luxury and skate or like that crossover didn't exist. I mean, I think you look at Nike now and like I'm wearing a pair of Sakai's right now and there's the off-white brands and there's, you know, the clots doing collabs with those guys. So like, I feel like culture 15 years later, culture is kind of overlapping a little bit. We see it in gaming. We see the game and shoe culture and athletes and comic books and all of that stuff has just kind of become one kind of group. So it's interesting to hear how different it was then, because obviously at LRG for 13 years, you really understand that part of the space. But then when you come over to the hundreds and you're seeing kind of global kind of expansion with luxury and different things, it just, it must've felt different. It was different, uh, but it was a great, uh, you know, fast learning experience. Uh, and I met a ton of people uh, in, in about the year that I was there. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people I still talk to, you know, I, I knew like, you know, um, 
different folks from the LRG days, but really got close with them. You know, I think uh, definitely at my time at the hundreds, uh, you know, like one of our mutual friends, like Paul. Um, and, you know, it, it just, uh, it just was more of like a scrappy situation as where LRG had big budgets, you know, print media, digital media was, was our budgets that were really large and, and at the hundreds, you know, we were we were definitely more about organic marketing, uh, you know, events, you know, at small budgets and just kind of like making things happen, you know, out of creativity. Um, but it also really helped that I had the marketing machine of Bobby Hundreds at the time and Ben Hundreds to really help. Like that was definitely a massive tool because at that time, they, you know, they were celebrities in that space. So we got to do a lot of fun things. And I'd love to touch on a, on a couple of those moments. Yeah. Um, the thing about those guys is it was like right now you're building a brand and you go to influencers to kind of amplify those guys amplifying internal, right? It's just the authenticity that those guys were delivering at the time was cool. So yeah, share, share what's a, or a couple of big moments. Yeah. So we all know like the hundreds definitely, you know, uh, they do a lot of collaborations. Like it's just definitely part of their brand DNA. So, you know, I jumped in that, like as where LRG was like, Hey, you know, collaborations every once in a while, but the focus there was mainly on the inline product. So it was the hundreds, but the hundreds marketing machine was building excitement on, you know, third-party brand partnerships joining together to make noise. Uh, so yeah, right out the gate, like I worked with Clot, you know, which was uh, really amazing. I worked with artists, a lot of art, at the hundreds, like with artists like James Jean. Um, but two that really kind of stood out was, uh, number one was, uh, was Disney. So I landed at the hundreds during the 10 year anniversary of, uh, of the brand. And, uh, you know, we had, a uh, we had about a hundred thousand dollars to celebrate this. And, you know, they, uh, they wanted to do some sort of concert for the West coast. Cause you know, they rep California and uh, you know, we we're kind of going through the ins and outs of venue costs, artists, like how much is, how much is it to get two chains at that time? How much is it to get ice cube? And can we get like DJ quick, you know, uh, DJ West coast legend to kind of like, you know, open up the party, things like that. And, uh, and then we're like, man, like, I don't know, like, you know, we could, we could do this, but like, let's take it to another level. And we kind of looked at like, what the brand did uh, in the past, and they had a they had a really interesting collaboration a few years back uh, with Disney. Uh, you know, they they did something with the Lost Boys that like was a really pivotal collaboration for them that really changed uh, changed a lot of uh, you know the growth for the brand, and uh, it was a, it was a big one for them. So I was like, you know, we all put our heads together um, at that time. I had a, a a, a girl named Mata working with me and a guy named Mike, um, Bobby and Ben came in and we all worked on what if we rented out Disneyland for the 10 year anniversary? Cause we've heard about like these private parties where like, you know, Hey, it's magic Johnson's birthday and he closed down Disneyland or Mariah Carey, you know, whatever. Like you'd hear about those things that just kind of like, you know, a non-celebrity and be like, dang, that, that would be cool. But what if we did that? How would, how much would that be? So we actually got to meet with Disney and we say, Hey, we had, you know, hundred grand roughly. And they're like, okay, well you can't rent out the whole park, but what you can do tomorrow land and maybe like we can open up the Matterhorn for you. So we did that, man. And honestly, that was today, like one of the most incredible events I've ever uh, had a hand in. It was a total team effort, but 
just to see like 2000, uh, plus people like, you know, running around within like the culture, uh, you know, like jumping in and out of rides throughout Tomorrowland, uh, was pretty amazing. I remember, uh, you know, I, I brought, um, my, my now wife, uh, then girlfriend, you know, like to, to the event and Bobby's like, where are you? Like we were on rides, just like jumping like back and forth, like on space mountain at the time and just running around. And it was, it was pretty incredible to do something like that. So that one really sticks out. And then another one was, who did you bring in? Uh, who you brought in to, to amplify? Like what was the amplification Was social media? Where was social media at the time? Like what, what were you guys doing to, to kind of, um, to, to amplify it? Yeah, so blogs were still kind of, you know, somewhat cracking. Uh, social media was definitely, like, uh, like growing, and Instagram was still there, you know. So we, we were definitely, like, uh, saying we were going to do this, but it was invite-only. And trust me, between Bobby and Ben and all their friends and allies and, you know, everybody, like, it was funny. Everybody came out of the woods asking for wristbands for that, for that particular event. There was tons of celebrities uh, you know, musicians, like, you know, everybody was in the house for that. And it was, it was like from 10 at night to like one in the morning or something like that, man. It was incredible. It was so dope just to kind of have everybody in one space, just running around, like throwing a massive party for the celebration. It was cool. Yeah. What was the other one? Yeah. So the hundreds is located in Vernon, California and, uh, Vernon is kind of this very, uh, probably like the most desolate city I would say in, uh, downtown LA area. It's, it's the industrial hub of, of LA. So this is where all the trucks go, you know, to deliver things to factories. Uh, you know, farmer John's hot dogs are kind of, uh, their slaughterhouses there. It's this kind of place you don't really want to go to, but that's where, you know, their headquarters was. And they had one little restaurant, uh, really in the area, uh, called Joe K's. And one day, you know, we're talking, of course, thinking of new collaborations. I was sitting there having lunch uh, at the diner with uh, this guy named Mac, who was uh, part of our social media team at the time. And I'm like, man, how cool would it be to do like a Tapatio collaboration? And I I turn around the bottle and it says located in Vernon, California. And it had the address on there. And I was like, okay, we're going to go right now and see see what this looks like. So literally like myself, you know, and Mac, like two, like guys kind of dressed in the hundreds, like walk into this unmarked building. Um, and you know, we walk in and there's a little Tapatio sign and there's like, you know, a glass door and the receptionist. And I go, Hey, I've worked for this brand called the hundreds and we want to see if, uh, you know, this is who we are. We're like an apparel, clothing, streetwear brand. And this lady's, you know, a, an older receptionist. And she hand her my business card and she goes, okay, uh, give me one second. You know, she closes the, the door on me and we're like, oh man, like it took about 10 minutes, but she kind of got back. We're like, we're out of here. This is, this is going to be weird. She walks back and she goes, yeah, we're going to take your meeting. Come on back. So we're like, kind of like what? So basically, uh, we get into the top of Tia headquarters and it's, and I mean, they're bottling hot sauce there, you know, um, walk back and this, uh, this guy, older guy, uh, and his wife come in. Um, and he goes, hi, my name's Roche. This is my wife, Dolores. Um, you know, we're a family owned business. And do you know why we let you in here? I was like, Oh boy. I was like, no, why, why did you let us in here? He goes, my son is 17 years old and works back in the warehouse, uh, Roche jr. 
And I said, do you know what this is to my son? He goes, dad, get them in here right now. This is important. So he goes, what do you guys want to do? I go, man, we want to do a collaboration with you guys. We're right down the street. This could be massive. Let's do it for Cinco de Mayo or something like this. And he goes, okay, but like, what do you guys want to do? We're like, we want to change your logo to have Bobby and Ben. And of course, the face of Tapatio is a character named Emilio in the middle. So at the time, Patrick, uh, the lead design over at the 100, uh, created an amazing logo shift. And you could share this uh, on your show, I'm sure, Chris, and uh, show that what, what that illustration looked like. But it was, it, it, it nailed it. It was Bobby and Ben illustrated, but kind of looked uh, in the same character aesthetic as Emilio. Um, we changed the bottles and then just being so connected and of course, marketing, uh, geniuses, Bobby and Ben have always talked about food and restaurants. And they're like, you know what? We know so many people around the world that own restaurants. What about if we sent a few bottles to all these restaurants and just put them on the table for people to either use, steal, whatever, you know, take and resell on eBay. And so, yeah, man, that was uh, a, a really amazing, fun, uh, fun project to work on. I mean, along with others, but those two, like at the hundreds, like really stick out. Yeah, that's awesome. And th- those guys understanding how to amplify that, not just to do the, not just to throw themselves on the bottle, but then like, all right, how do we, how do we get it? How do we get it out there? It's, it's the Supreme Oreos back in the day, right? Everybody's, you know, <laughs> back of Oreos. way back in the day. Yep. Yep. It's fun just to know that those guys are passionate about kind of the application and kind of bring it to life. So that's awesome. And now you are at stance, which is a rocket ship that is taking off. So you are like, tell me what's the day-to-day responsibility of the VP of this dev? Yeah. So, you know, um, where Santa is right now is, you know, we're a, uh, a hosiery, uh, underwear t-shirt, uh, brand that you know gets to play in different parts of of, of the world and in, in the market so you know uh we make socks for runners we make socks for snowboarders we make everyday casual socks you know we make uh bar and yoga socks we'll make uh you know mlb on field socks that the players have to wear um you know our goal uh when i first got there uh six years years ago was to be the stock brand of the world uh, and then we added on underwear and t-shirts as, as categories, uh, you know, to the overall business, but, um, you know, just kind of like, you know, through my relationship, uh, through, you know, new people that I've met, it's to sort of keep the, the brand energy alive with partnerships, whether some be like, you know, organic partnerships with, uh, artists, uh, licensed partnerships with movie studios or, or definitely like licensed music houses, um, you know, all facets, uh, sneaker brands, uh, you know, graffiti art mark marker companies like Crink, uh, you know, core streetwear brands like like Neighborhood Japan, um, you know, and and restaurants even. You know, we, we've we've done a couple great restaurant projects, and I think Chris, I I can't say right now, but you know, we got a big one that I know I showed you in, in my office uh, that's you're, coming. Uh, you're a couple pair of those for sure. Those are coming. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, uh, so um, you guys are everywhere. You guys have everywhere from Star Wars to Pulp Fiction to Marvel to across a ton of stuff. What are what are you doing artist wise? Like who are who are the musicians? Who are the art? Who are the big names that you guys are playing with? Um, that's 
you know, that, that have kind of really been a big moment for you guys? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's all, all walks of life, all generations, you know, um, I mix in, I mix them up as, as, as much as I can, you know, we do some things in, in licensing music, like nostalgia wise, like, you know, we'll work with the Grateful Dead, uh, license, you know, and then the band members, you know, uh, get the socks and they're like, how do I do, you know, how do we do more with them? Uh, you know, and then we'll do things with like Billie Eilish, who is definitely like a younger consumer and like what the youth is doing now, or we just recently launched trippy red. Um, so, you know, within that world, uh, it's all across the board. And, uh, I mainly handle a lot of those. Uh, one of the, the toughest ones to get through was, uh, was Tupac. Um, so when, uh, the estate was finally ready to talk to us about doing some Tupac socks. Uh, you know, we kind of proposed like a, at the time, the character looking sock, and you could probably show this on, on, uh, on this show, what that looks like was, it was a big thing. And so they're like, Oh, we can't do this. Like you're making fun of Tupac, you know, rightfully so Tupac is an artist. He's a poet. He's not a, a cartoon character in this light. And I was like, no, 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 this is just the thing that we're like doing. And people want to wear their heroes you know, kind of like this, like this, this aesthetic. And, and, and here's some, here's some sort of like examples of what that looked like. So I put together um, a couple of sample packages and sent it to all these state leads. And basically, uh, you know, one was uh, the star Wars collection where we do a lot of character socks. And then the other one was, um, Kobe Bryant for his retirement at the time. I think it was definitely the Kobe Bryant character stock that really got it across the board. They're like, okay, if Kobe's okay in this, then we'll do it. And, uh, at the, at the time that particular sock design outbeat, um, which is always like usually our number one in the design stock area, which is, uh, the American flag. So that was that was massive. I have that sock, and I think they've done that three-dimensional bandana that kind of comes off the sides, like which was really different. Yeah, I think that was the thing that really kind of. I mean, first off, it's Tupac, so it's going to get elevated anyways. But I think kind of that, that how, you, how you had that bandana coming off was spectacular. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, shout out to my boy Omar, uh, who designed that. He's over at uh, Universal now, kind of leading all their creatives but yeah he uh he did that he 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 and i really collaborated on a lot of uh amazing projects we did the fresh prince of bel-air because will smith doesn't do his likeness he's you know just too like i guess out of here to kind of do it and uh and we were able to do a character sock with with them for that show like i remember the head of nbc is like you're never going to get this and luckily like we all kind of knew somebody that could get to will uh will is an investor in stance he's like yeah i'm going to approve that and they were like stunned that we could get it through so that was that was a moment too lots lots of moments in music and culture for sure how are you making decisions on IPs and, and talent, right? You probably get 50 calls a day of people. Like I know every brand that I work with is trying to get the stance. They can't get the stance. Um, how, like, how do you make decisions on who to work with and who not to work with? I mean, there's the big IPs like the Star Wars, but then you guys also collab with kind of the up and coming smaller stuff. How are, I mean, is it just you kind of collaborating internally or how are you guys making decisions on, on the IPs? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's some IPs that are definitely, you know, just going to continue on to like, you know, do things that the big studios like Disney, uh, Lucas films, you know, they're going to continue, uh, you know, to spawn new ideas 
uh, every season to, you know, continue their licensing business. So, you know, that, that is something that will always continue MLB stocks. Like, you know, we're all sports fans, NBA stocks, NFL, like, you know, sports fans are not going to go anywhere. So we'll just kind of continue to do those. But like what I, what I usually try to do is sort of, uh, you know, first like understand, you know, what the market needs are like, you know, from our wholesale team and look at it as a globe. Cause it's, it's a little bit tricky. A lot of different parts of the stance business are kind of different planets, like international, like, you know, certain, certain countries, you know, regions love X, Y, and Z from licensing and, and need some of that. And then here domestically in the U S you know, they're, they're looking for, you know, other, other things. Um, so I try to do a balance, uh, first of like, you know, what can kind of work for everyone. And then also I just don't want to do pop culture. So I also try to maintain the core with working with artists or, you know, always looking at, you know, core skate brands or individuals like, uh, you know, an independent trucks or an Atiba Jefferson, uh, you know, who's a photographer within the, the skate, uh, sports community to like, you know, do collaborations with, and our team works on those to kind of get a good balance of both. So we just don't look like the novelty brand, but we also kind of pay attention and do some things in culture, which I feel balances the brand. So we're able to kind of make everybody happy. Yeah, no, I think, I think that makes a ton of sense. I, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you guys get beat down, like I said, by so many, by so many brands that are trying to, to, to get to you guys. What are the things that you're looking for? Once you've made a decision on the IP, what are the important things that kind of, um, make sure that the, the, the product delivers the proper way? Well, are you looking for amplification from them? Like, what are the things that once you decide you're going to work with an IP, what are the things that you really want? Yeah, like, you know, it could be, uh, hey, you know, Billie Eilish, you know, what can we do with her besides, you know, take some assets and and work with her? Well, you know, uh, got introduced to her stylist, you know. Uh, let's make a custom pair of socks for her to wear, you know, uh, during touring, you know, prior to the product launching. You know, is she a fan of the product? Yes, she is. She wears it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for things that are just kind of more of, you know, the third parties having passion into it versus it being so like transactional. Uh, it definitely helps with marketing, uh, when, you know, they want to get involved too. Um, so, you know, I just, you know, on a legend play we always do legendary music projects. I just recently had be real from Cypress Hill hit me up. He's like, Hey, I want to work with you guys. Like that's, the lead member of that group, like just hitting me up. And, you know, he, he's like, whatever we got to do, we can, you know, and you know, what about if we did something, you know, uh, for fortune in 2021, I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, that, that makes it a lot easier than, you know, uh, to make a decision when people are more passionate, uh, you know, want to dig in a little bit deeper on the marketing efforts and just, you know, really want to, you know, put some energy behind the project. When we, when I was at, when I was at EA, I think that was really, we're only going to put people love the space like we never put Peyton Manning or Tom Brady out there on the cover because those guys it wasn't authentically they weren't authentic gamers right we wanted John Alexander's and Vince Young's of the world that they kind of were really into gaming would be excited and proud to wrap it and promote it and we do the same thing now with brands like we don't want to product that the, the brand team doesn't love because it's just it's just going to be harder um to amplify and to get people excited about it it just doesn't you know the authenticity comes through to fans when they know that both sides are are working together on, on kind of building that stuff out you know what i mean 
Yeah, you really feel it. Like, you know, we did something uh, a couple seasons ago with ASAP Ferg, and then, you know, he's in our store, like Instagram storing, like him buying his own socks in our store, you know, out in Seattle while on tour. And, you know, it's just, it's just that energy, like, you know, that, that, that really helps out just kind of make these decisions. It's just, it just, it's just better for everyone. So that's the stuff we're looking for, for sure. Do you think the greatest thing you've ever done in your career is the launch of Steph Curry's uh, new shoe with uh, the Xbox? The Xbox collab we did. That had to be the number one highlight. I know you've bought out <laughs> Uh, the stuff we did with Brent, I thought that was so hot when we did the Under Armour collab with the launch of Steph's shoe. So I know that was a big, I know that was a oh, man. So was that the first yeah. one? The Xbox logo on the sock instead of your logo? It, it wasn't, but it was definitely one of the first ever in gaming. Um, you know, I think uh, it took me a little bit of time to kind of get registered into how massive the gaming world was and uh you know i i definitely has opened my eyes uh you know spawning from that project but that particular project that's the one where like it's my grand finale when talking about packaging to somebody in my office you know like here's what we've done with like estevan and cartoon here's what we've done with neighborhood japan here's what we've done you know with next face here's what we've you know so forth and so on and then like and here's what we've done with xbox one x with steph curry mosh stance uh you know it it was it was an amazing setup um and people are always like oh i'm in like you know how do we do this so yeah that was a good one it's always fun to talk to people in your space. You, know, you guys know everything, but when when you start getting into gaming, it really it's a fun conversation. I know that Louis Vuitton really had their eyes open with Riot Games last year and are interested and want to do more things. It's just fun to see brands like why, wait, why gaming? Why? I remember ten years ago, I'd be like, "Hey, forcing brands to try and do gaming stuff, didn't really get it." And now brands, I need to figure out the gaming thing. So. It's a, uh, it was, that was fun. I know that we have three or four more things we can't talk about that are coming, but the idea of kind of you guys, you know, taking the gaming stuff and you guys have done the Mortal Kombat and some really kind of fun IPs, but I think the, the unique stuff that we're going to do to amplify some of this stuff is, is, what, uh, is what gets us fired up. Yeah. And I think like the way we're thinking about these things uh, on the marketing end uh, is unique and different uh, versus just building product It's building experience uh, for the consumer, you know, and that's, that's what makes a brand, uh, you know, that is ultimately a stock brand different than any other socks. Yeah, no, for sure. Is there anything right now that you're working on that's about to drop that you can talk about? Anything that's, that's got you excited? Everything's still secret. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we um, we got some fun stuff, uh, you know, in, in the works with uh like you know still building up a project with uh daniel arsham with snarkitecture um you know it should be coming out pretty soon excited about that um you know we got something coming out uh in the near future with an artist named wes lang uh you can look him up yeah he's pretty amazing um you know definitely you know always doing uh things within music so uh you know constantly you know working with uh different bands personally or in the licensing space uh you know whether it be like wu-tang clan the notorious big lots of stuff by marley estate finally doing something there premiering uh you know some of our hemp sock uh cotton socks there uh which would be a pretty fun story to to work on for for the marley fans so it's it's all over the board um and then there's so much more that i wish i could talk about now but maybe maybe part two 
I'm gonna put you on the spot. I know you guys work on some cool stuff, but I don't know what I can talk about. Definitely save me some of those Daniel Larshams. That guy's super on fire right now. He's uh he's working on the, the Pokemon stuff as we speak. So uh he's he's love it. It's a great gift for you guys. I know you're in a park, uh so, social distance everybody's on Yeah, yeah. Let me figure out having this conversation in a park here right by my house, man. Uh definitely doing our part here in Southern California for sure. It's just uh, you know, I think uh uh, you know, hopefully everybody out there is uh, is, is healthy and, and being as safe as possible. We'll, uh, we'll get through this together, for sure. Thanks for Definitely. taking it. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much.